0: Dun, dun dun Fuck the police, coming straight out of high school. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, welcome back to another episode. Why hitting <laughs> hit, you good? Welcome to another episode of a simple crown, guys. Hey, yes. this today's episode is tailored towards the police. Yeah, and we're not talking bad about the police, but somebody had something to say to the police, mm-hmm. and they said it. In many ways. Mm-hmm. And through, actions. through action. Through
1: action. Was it? Sticks and stones won't hurt my bones. But but a
0: few bullets might do the job. <laughs>
1: oh, what are we talking about today, Mac?
0: Today we're talking about Christopher Dorner. Da, da, da. Let's set the scene for you guys, right? Mm-hmm. You're coming home. You're in Irvine. And you're minding your own business. And you drive to the top of your parking structure. And... What do you see? What? Two dead bodies. Don't, don't, Two dead bodies. Not one. And it doesn't look like any robbery. It doesn't look like anything else. It just looked like bullets were just raining inside that car. Wow. That's the scene we're setting for you guys. I don't know if I'm good at setting scenes, but i try my best. I like that. But let's tell these people about Christopher Dorner before we get into the crimes.
1: So Christopher Dorner, he's actually an Orange County native. If you're listening and you're from Orange County, I don't know if that's something you want to hang your hat on, but he grew up in the area that I actually live close to. He went to Kennedy High School in 94 and 95, graduated from Cypress High School in 97. Um, He was I I guess I I skipped past this part, but he was born June 4th, 1979. He was born in New York, moved to Southern California at an early age. We just talked about the high schools that he went to. And he was a really good football player. So good that he earned a scholarship to play running back for Southern University, Southern Utah University. It's over in Cedar City, Utah. Um, he graduated in 2001 and poly and had a bachelor's of arts degree in political science and psychology. Um, people always described him though as always having a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very he was a very by the books person. He later served in the military, and I'll get a little bit into that background as well, mm-hmm. but. You know, he always, even though people would say, oh, you can call me by their first name, he always still referred to people as sir. Um, In the military, he played it by the rules. Um, And like I said, in college, always had a smile on his face, never did anything bad. So no red flags? No red flags. The one thing, though, I guess people mention this a lot, too. You know, he did discuss with friends in college, at least, that he was very frustrated by the racism that he faced. Um, I mean, he grew up in Cyprus and La Palma area. For those of you who don't know, I mean, even now, it's a predominantly, like, white, and if you would say the second predominant ethnicity is Asian. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, like, wealthier, upper-class neighborhood in Orange County. Right. So there's not a lot of black people there. And he does tell later on that he was the only black kid in school growing up from first to eighth grade. So, you know, he said he, he received his fair share of racism. Remember, this is the 80s. I mean, yes, there's racism still alive today, but this was a more prevalent time during the 80s and 90s. When he was growing up and go to school, so that was his background. Uh, like I said, he graduated from Southern Utah in 2001. He joined the U.S. Navy uh, in 2002. He primarily served as a reservist. He did uh, achieve lieutenant rank in 2006, and he did serve a stint in Iraq. And during his time in the U.S. Navy, he did uh, win or was awarded five different medals. One of them being the Iraqi Campaign Medal. For like I said, a stint in Iraq, so he was there um, during the Bush administration. Uh, Which two- Bush? Uh, George, is it H W?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay.
1: Uh, the Bush that we know. I think. Well, I mean, you were alive. But you were w. like a baby. Yeah, you were so a baby.
0: W H is the, the father.
1: Oh, so George W. W. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So George W. Bush, two thousands. Um, the one who did nine eleven. Anyway, only way to look at it. Yeah, only way to look at it. Uh, 2005, he joined the LAPD Academy while he was on uh, Navy Reserve. Like I said, he was a reserve. He was stationed in San Diego. So he did apply for the Academy, and he did graduate in 2006. He did, um, what's it called? He did have to, like I said, serve in Iraq, and then he did come back and finish his graduation. Um, but one thing that I found interesting, and this is kind of really what stemmed, like I said, there's not a lot of red flags to him growing up. There's not person like we did the last week's episode on Sam Little. Mm-hmm. A lot of red flags, a lot of early things going on. Right. I don't want to say this was like a one-off scenario, but this was kind of something that it almost felt like sometimes when you leave tea to boil too long, mm-hmm. you know, it boils out the top of the pot. Right. This is kind of like that first sign that maybe the temperature is getting a little too high. The water is boiling a little too much. Uh, because when he was getting through training, after you graduate through academy, you still have to like go through an older police officer and they're going to train you take you through the ropes um he was telling there's accounts that he told this officer that he was going to sue lapd because at least during the academy and the training he filed complaints against some of his classmates for racist remarks Mm -hmm. and other kind of things but they kind of just brushed it off that's what he accounts for but right away i mean not even uh, uh, you know a year into the lapd of service he's already telling this older official. That he's going to, you know, sue LAPD once his uh, probation era is done, mm-hmm. and I think that's not a red flag for him as a person and what he does later on, mm-hmm. but it is probably a red flag for LAPD. Right.
0: I mean, the fact that he he denounced, he said straight up that I'm going to sue y'all. Yeah. Right. Like that should have been like, all right, like maybe we should investigate his claims. Yeah. Or part ways. Right. Which. They ended up doing. Right. They ended up parting ways with him. Um, they said that uh, he wasn't built for the, for the police department. Those were the quotes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a little interesting, man. I, we'll, 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 we'll get into what happened on, on July 28, 2007. Because that kind of led to him uh, being released from LAPD. So July 28, 2007, um, the person that he was with, the officer that he was with that day was Teresa Evans. Mm-hmm. They... Responded to a call, a disturbance call at the Double Tree Hotel in San Pedro, California. For the fun fact, if you're in San Pedro, try the Porto little area, really good seafood market. There's like 20 different restaurants there,
0: all really good. I seafood. went during COVID, it, w- it wasn't all that. Oh, well, it was during COVID. I went during, though. that's what I said. So that's what I, said. I, I, gotta give I clearly said that. Yeah. So I clearly said it. I went during COVID and it wasn't all that to me. Maybe I need to try again.
1: Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah, so they go to the Double Tree Hotel in San Pedro and Christopher Getter. He is a person who they call the disturbance call on. Um, basically, he was in the hotel lobby, but he is diagnosed with schizophrenia and dementia. And he was basically causing a disturbance right. to the people that were there in that hotel. So what happened, what took place is still debated and argued about. But Christopher Dorner basically filed a complaint against Evans, the partner that he was with that day, of excessive force or kicking Getter, not only in the face, but in the chest two times as well um and that kind of started the conflict the real like tug of war between the LAPD and Christopher Dorner they did an investigation it was an in-house investigation right other LAPD officers are investigating um Teresa Evans Evans did get sentenced to desk duty and she was no longer allowed to go out on patrol so um that there was that but the investigation did conclude that there was no kicking of Christopher Getter and that mainly because there was different witness stories. There was people who were actually held to tell said they did. Other people said that they, she didn't. Um, even Getter himself had confusing stories in two different witness, witness testimonies. So basically they
0: came to the conclusion that there was no kicking and that Christopher Donner made it all up. So here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just looking at this from the outside looking in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Do they see him as weak? Because we know like, the police, LAPD especially, they're anonymously, synonymously known for their violence. Yeah. Right? Like, you can't look at LAPD and not think violence. Like, we talk about Rodney King. Mm -hmm. We talk about um, the riots in L.A. Even the Black Lives Matter protests in L.A. Like, we talk about all of that and they're known for violence. And they're known for brushing things under the table. Right? I'm not saying he was wrong or he was right. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, maybe they saw him as not LAPD material because he want because he was protecting his race. Right. You know, they were like, "Oh no, nah, you can't see race when you're a cop, you only see blue." Right. Which is what they teach you. It's a big fraternity, yeah. Right. Yeah. But for him, he saw race because he had to deal with it in the army. Mm-hmm. He dealt with it throughout life. So he he did it's it. something he stood by. Yeah. You know something I mean? he believed in and he wanted to make changes. Right. Again, I don't know if his witness account was true, but if the investigation, I'm pretty sure there was cameras at that time. Right. They could have investigated it further and seen. I mean, especially at a
1: hotel lobby. You know what I mean? You would think there are some cameras in that facility, right? Because we don't
0: have iPhones or phones True. to record like like we did now, like we do now, right? Everybody's yeah. recording everything, right? But back then, I mean, I'm pretty sure they could have found something.
1: Yeah, something. So after that inves- investigation, Christopher Dorner does get fired from LAPD in 2008. He did try to appeal, but. The next level of court, they did still deny him in 2011. And in 2013 is really where he gets well-known and, and basically goes on this rampage uh, next few days that kind of make him, like I said, his story super well-known. Um, so yeah, in February 2013, he made an 11,000-word post manifesto on Facebook of all places. I mean... All places. Of all places. I, I think it's interesting, though, because I'll, I'll say this. This is, if you don't remember, um, I felt like pre-2013, the social media was still very, like... Small. Still very in its toddler ages. Yeah,
0: because we had MySpace. Right. Um, and Tumblr. We had MySpace,
1: Tumblr, and even Facebook. Facebook I had, had fa- just started. But it was, like, 2008 or 2009, but yeah. it's still, like, it. I yeah. think what I'm trying to say is that, like, people were using it, but we didn't know, like, the... Full potential
0: of it. It's kind
1: of like a, like I said, a toddler that just starts walking and they're like kind of stumbling still. But by, I think after 2013 is when it started like jogging. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Social media really took off. I think Instagram comes a little bit later. But I remember at least being on Twitter, I think like in 2011, you know, from 2011 to 2013, it was very like underground. But 2013, it felt like, ooh, like everyone's on Twitter now. Um, And this is just from personal experience. But the fact that you know, no one would ever do anything like that now, posting right. something on Facebook. And I think this was kind of like an error on his hap. Uh, if he were to do this over again, I'm sure he wouldn't do it the way he did. But I think, like I said, just keep track of the times. Like, no one knew how to, or what to post or how to post. And he basically posts this, like I said, a long-ass post on Facebook, basically discussing his motivations, his plans of killing 40 different people that he lists on that manifesto. A lot of them tied... To, to LAPD. LAPD and people who were serving at higher ranking officials as he was getting into that mm-hmm. company.
0: So, if you guys remember in the beginning when I try to set the scene for you, mm-hmm. we're going to get there. So, February 3rd, 2013, Super Bowl Sunday. Wow. Super Bowl fucking Sunday. Who was playing
1: that year? Wait, can I take a guess? Cool. I don't know oh, it had it Was that the Ravens?
0: Because... I don't know. Was 16 was
1: the Panthers-Broncos, so 15 had to be Seahawks-Broncos, I think. Right? that makes sense?
0: Bro, your guess is better than mine. Hold on. I'm going to look for you. February just...
1: two thousand, February 3rd, 2013. Sorry, this is a little sidetracked, but I feel like I should know this.
0: You should. You're the sports guy.
1: I'm going to say Ravens-49ers. I want to say this is the Kaepernick Super Bowl. Okay. The one where uh, Beyonce turned the
0: lights off at halftime. And the Super Bowl I'm, I'm a, I'm gonna test that right now. Yeah, I'm mean, waiting. Yeah. We're gonna, we see. I think it is. So for that Super Bowl, it was the Baltimore Ravens yeah. and uh, San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. All right, All right. go ahead. No, <laughs> go ahead. Beyonce um, made a blackout.
1: Yeah, she did. It's the blackout Super Bowl. So damn, he did this on Super Bowl Sunday. Sorry to cut you off. We're so that was the too. black.
0: So it was a blackout. Yeah. And he blacked it out. <laughs> um. Whew. But no. So when we set the scene earlier, so. And inside that car was Monica Kwan, mm-hmm. who was an assistant coach for Cal State Fullerton, Damn. and her fiance Keith Lawrence, who was uh, a a school police officer for Cal State Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Right. So those nobody put the Irvine Police Department could not put two and two together because they they couldn't figure out what happened. But they saw like the purse was there, the ring was in her on her finger. Everything was still there, mm-hmm. so what caused this like ir- irregul- irregularity? Right? right, that's what they called it an yeah. irregularity. And it was like, and nobody was on the road that day because Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody's at home getting yeah. drunk and watching football.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one time to do something because everyone else is focused somewhere else.
0: Yeah, because I remember watching that game. I did not leave my house.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I had a lot of people at my apartment at that time, and we did not leave. Yeah, that was a good game though.
1: So Kaepernick should have won. He did. He should have, right? Monica, who is he, the daughter of Mac, or she, the daughter of?
0: So, later we come to find out that Monica is a daughter of the representative of. Because every time you get into any kind of argument with any type of police issue, you have you have the right to get legal help. Nine times out of ten, it it comes from a fellow officer, mm-hmm. right? So when internal, the internal um, what do they call them.
1: Internal investigation Internal
0: investigation starts going They get They get you a representative And The representative That represent Christopher Dorner Was Monica's father Randall Randall Kwan And Because he lost And Christopher got fired So Christopher Was Very upset Yeah So say the least Very upset Say the least man He cut Cut off that dude's lifeline Yeah He killed his daughter His one and only daughter and the fiance and the fiance. Like, that's
1: tough. You know, what was he? I mean, obviously, I, yeah, I can see why he did it. But still, that sucks. You know, guilty that's by association.
0: It. Yep. So then we go a day later mm-hmm. at 930 a.m. Police, uh, they found uh, they go to somebody went through go throw trash away. Mm-hmm. And they found like police vests, like a bulletproof vest, a bunch a bag, a bunch of bags full of like weapons and stuff like that. So the person called the cops right away, right? Mm -hmm. And they go and they go pick it up. And there's a notebook that says Evans and Dorner, right? Evans is the partner for the one that the trainer. And it says Evans and Dorner. So they don't think of it. They don't make any connections. It's like the last episode, right? When we talk about interagency communication, Mm -hmm. they didn't make that connection right away. So they, you know, they, they, they try to find out who it is, dot, 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 but nobody knows it's Christopher. He's still in, on on the loose. They're trying to track the car that uh that that they spotted in front of the in front of the apartment complex where um the young lady and the and, and Keith were killed. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Monica, Monica and Keith were killed. They they could not like ID the the car. They couldn't ID the license plate because it was too blurry. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, so they they just kept looking though, right? CCTV kept trying to find 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 find, but they could not. Mm-hmm you know so then we talk you talk about the manifesto but they didn't discover that till later Mm -hmm. right till after they discovered it was him because they had to go look for him on Facebook right which is which is rare like I'm gonna tell you guys now what you guys write on on the internet is there forever yeah you you can delete it but it's there forever
1: right and it's a tricky little loophole that like you know those companies like Facebook Twitter they'll still hold on to those things and they'll come up in job searches you know right if a company, let's say you were applying for, wanted to search your entire Twitter, Facebook, Instagram history, they can't. Um, you know, I think only a couple of industries would actually do that. I don't think you know your local McDonald's is going to give they you don't a, thorough, yeah, a thorough... Because <laughs> they're not process. paying you for it. <laughs> True, exactly. But you mean like a more serious organization or company would do that. And um, yeah, I think like you said, February 4th, the next day, uh, they kind of find out more about his... More people know about him publicly... And he does throw in there, I I wrote it down, the shootings were to clear his name. All these people that he was supposed to kill was, in theory, for him, his reasoning behind it is to clear his name for being wrongfully fired from the L.A. Police Department.
0: That's such a psychological, unfortunate, fucked up theory. Yeah, isn't it? (laughs) Like, to think about it, like, you wronged me. I'm going to shoot you just to clear my name. Yeah. Bruh. That's and, why we have the court of law, even though it's not always just, but we have that for a reason. Right. You said you were going to sue them. Sue them. He couldn't, though. I mean, well, he, he couldn't he, he even prove... He got fired. He couldn't.
1: Right. He, he got fired, and he could have gone back and sued them. But I think the fact that he lost even the Teresa Evans case, you know, it just showed that how powerful the L.A. Like I said, they're kind of like a fraternity. They're a they boys are. club. And I think it's not just LAPD. It's every police department. They're all going to... This is the reason why Blue Lives Matter had such a uprising, mm-hmm. because they have like such a tight-knit community. Right. Everyone has each other's back, and then the families have each other's back. And, and even if you don't know anything about, let's say you're a police officer in Los Angeles, you meet one from Houston or Atlanta or wherever, you're going to have that immediate connection. Because you're cops. Uh, because you guys are cops, and you mm-hmm. guys are like... It's kind of like the same thing in military. It's the same thing like in fraternity in college, right? If you join Pi Kappa or whatever you know, you're going to connect with anybody across the country that was that in that same fraternity. Because you guys just grew up, you know, you're taught the same morals, and it's a little bit of brainwashing, we'll Where, say that for is. sure. But, you know, that's... I think he was probably discouraged to even go after this the suing for the mistreatment or whatever, the racial claims that he says in the beginning of his hiring process because of this losing to Teresa Evans. Mm-hmm. But anyways, let's go and move on to uh, February 5th, right? Mm-hmm. February fifth, he checks into uh, the Naval Point Point Loma base. Mm -hmm. Um, He checked in properly, but he checked out, or he snuck out before checking out officially. So, uh, I think this is probably where he probably re-ups on some ammo, Mm -hmm. guns, any sort of like tactical thing that would help him achieve his manifesto. Why else would you go to a naval base?
0: Because I mean, he did wear his fucking army uniform. Yeah, but you know. But he did, after he checked out of the naval base he went and um, checked into a hotel and then that's when he started like counting his ammo mm-hmm. so February 5th um, he is identified as a person of interest right because somebody brought his name up because the miss um, Evans she st- she started maybe putting two and two together right mm-hmm. because she was like the person that put the, the, that something some a lot of the things look familiar to her. And she started putting two and two together. And then she told LAPD. And then LAPD talked to Irvine PD. Irvine PD sent somebody over to uh, San Diego, National mm-hmm. City, to investigate, to look at the video. And then that's when the same truck that was at the scene where Monica and Keith were killed was there at the site of the drops drop zone. Mm-hmm. Right? So... And then February 6th, um, they, they look at his Facebook. Like you said, they talk, they saw his manifesto or who he wanted to kill. And he like this is the thing, guys. Like People may seem happy to you, but they, they, they're going through things. They're going through things mentally, psychologically, emotionally. So their way of dealing with it sometimes is to do stupid things. And Christopher Dorner did a lot of stupid things. A lot. Mm-hmm. And when I say a lot, I mean... A lot. A lot of foolish decisions.
1: Um, February 7th? yep. February 7th, uh, he was in the city of Corona when another officer uh, of that area's police department recognized him, and he noticed he was being followed at a red light. He did shoot at uh, one officer. He didn't kill him, but he did uh, basically get a bullet to the head. The officer survived. And then because of that, two officers were called in from the Riverside City Police Department. Mm -hmm. And both of them um, went to confirm. They basically were trying to trace Christopher Donner down too in that area. And he shot at both of them. Both took bullets. Uh, Only Officer Michael Crane, he was the one that passed away from the bullet that he took from Christopher Donner. The other one survived after going to the hospital. So now he has uh, shot at five people. Three people have actually passed away at his hands.
0: And two, uh, yep, three injured. Right, three two in, injured, two injured.
1: Yeah, two injured, three people passed away. And that same night, this is all, you know, after 3 a.m., so demon hours. Like, really, demon like, hour. nothing's going on good around this time, right? You know how that song goes, the freaks come out
0: at night. What, what, what? The freaks come out <laughs> at night. Remember right after next? Yeah. Freaks come out at night. What, what, what? <laughs> I love that so, movie.
1: So he books it all the way from Riverside County to San Diego to try to steal a boat. Mm-hmm. And, and basically confronts the captain and tries to basically instead of like carjack bojack somebody
0: mm-hmm. grand Thef, it's like why you been playing grand theft auto football? basically huh <laughs> and,
1: and that is unsuccessful then he later uh steals a truck because his former truck the truck you're talking about it's a nissan i believe right mm-hmm. uh it's found burnt in, in or, big bear in yeah. big bear yeah near a trail yeah. so We don't know where his whereabouts, but we do know that he is in a new truck. He tried to escape via boat in San Diego. Probably going to fly to international waters and maybe do that whole thing, but was unable to do so. Um, February 12th. This is where a lot of stuff went down, so bear with us. But police raided a hotel in Tijuana thinking that he was there.
0: Right. He's so smart. Yeah. Like, again, not commending him, but he was fucking smart. He let, gave him a false trail to go to fucking Mexico to go yes. look for him.
1: Yep. Because he was in San Diego, so it makes sense, too, right? To go to the border. To go to the border. So I mean, so they raided a hotel, and TJ thinking he was there. He wasn't. Then there was footage of Dorner, actually. They later found out of him in Torrance mm-hmm. trying to buy scuba gear. So I don't know what he was trying to do with that.
0: Throwing well, him off again. What do you, what
1: do you think? You're going to go swim to Catalina I mean, he was a
0: Marine. Navy. Navy. So, I mean, Navy, Marine, they're cousins. Kind of, yeah. They, they, don't tell they, Marine that. <laughs> I, I apologize to you, Marines. Yeah. But he was in the Navy, but think about it. Yeah. They do a lot of water things. But what I'm trying to say is, like, was his job? To, was his goal to swim
1: to Mexico? Was he just going to hide out underwater until they stopped looking for him? Because that would be knows? a long-ass time. I mean, maybe
0: he has the lung capacity.
1: I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe. Who he was knows? a
0: big dude. He was a big
1: dude. He was a big maybe dude. He had some big lungs. Um, <laughs> but... Basically, they end up finding him in a stolen Dodge truck uh, Once they were able to locate him, they put a helicopter on him. They were able to chase him all the way Into uh, a cabin near Big Bear Lake in that area So he's hiding out in this cabin and basically this is where the end of Christopher Dorner's story or the story of Christopher Dorner comes to an end He's hiding in a cabin Police, you know, officers from everywhere, from not only the local San Bernardino Sheriff's Department, Riverside City, LA, police departments from everywhere, are all surrounding this dude. They have a three-mile radius around this cabin. It really looks bad. I mean, if he were to get out of this, he would have to be some Houdini magician kind of shit. Um, He does kill two officers um, in a standoff before he gets to the cabin, so that's seven total people he shot out, five that were killed, two that are injured, and... Yeah, um, basically he's hides out in this cabin. They keep trying to, you know, knock, force him out, talk him out. He's not budging. Uh, basically, the police officers use a uh, battering ram vehicle to demolish a lot of the walls to this cabin, mm-hmm. and then they use pyrotechnic tear gas to basically burn smoke him the out. Yeah, yeah, not even smoke him out, Mac. They burned that shit to the ground. Burned to they the burned it so much that they couldn't even confirm that night of the 12th whether his natter body was there. They had mm-hmm. to wait till the fire died down the next day. And we're like, yeah, we found this dude's
0: ID and, and the body. It was it was interesting to me throughout that whole thing. Yeah. First, he he found a cabin, tied down a couple, and then the couple and then he leaves. Right, he steals their their car. Right. So the couple escapes. At that time, the police are doing an area search. When you do an area search, every car that passes by, you search every single car, make sure like there's that you're not you know helping him right. pass through, and. Funny enough, he's a dumbass. See, I say he's smart, but he's a dumbass. He puts the windows down as he's driving the stolen car. After they reported the stolen car. It was
1: car, a hot day. Actually, you know what? It was February, so it probably wasn't a hot day. It was,
0: in, it was in Big Bear. It's cold up there. Mm. It snows Maybe up he there. he likes the fresh air. Yeah, but you know they're looking for your dumbass. I don't know. Why well, have your window down?
1: I'm just, I like when my windows down I would like to think if I was on the run I'd still put my windows down yeah but if you have nobody
0: looking for you like True. right then and there yeah. you're in the spot that they're looking for you like yeah. I wouldn't do that I'd be like tinted <laughs> ghosted cars, out so he of doesn't map. even know
1: if it's tinted
0: well I, I, I would have been like ghosted <laughs> I would have taken off but you know and sure enough because like you said he was surrounded three mile radius and then they were trying to smoke him out or burn him out. He took his own life. Yeah. He just put a gun to his head and blew his brain. hmm So now, anytime, like, a cop goes awry, they call him, they call it adorning. Right. Which is, like, an insult. Yeah. I mean...
1: It's, a. Uh, it's it's one thing to be remembered by, I guess. It's a different thing to be remembered by. Um, one thing I, I wanted to point out, too, at the end of all this, because... I didn't get to mention because um, I didn't find the date, but LAPD in search of Christopher Dorner, they did accidentally shoot two civilians. Um, a lot of protesters online because this was a very big like, like I said, 2013 was kind of like the peak of when like social media is really starting to like get grasped by like popular stream or mainstream society. So people already don't have a big popular opinion about the cops. I forget if anything happened. I'm sure something did happen recently in 2012 or 2013. But people are already anti-cop. Right. The fact that the cops shot two civilians during the manhunt, they also uh, read up on his story and felt that he was wrongfully dismissed and fired, and they never looked into his racial racist claims that he made while he was going through the academy. Also, the fact that they burned him to death without even giving him a chance to kind of go to trial. Yeah, trial and everything. Um, That was basically not in favor of the police department so even though you know as a police department you're trying to do your job and kill this person or hunt this person down that was taking people's lives at at a big risk to you and your organization they were still in the wrong to a lot of people's eyes on social media and this became a very talked about thing i was still really young Uh, you know i was just like i said just graduated high school but 2013 i wasn't really keeping my eyes on stuff like this. I really wasn't aware of things like this or cared about it. And um, so it was just interesting to, to see all this now. And I've heard of Christopher Dorner. I kind of know idea of the story. Like you said, like when a cop goes awry, I know that it's called the Dorner, right? But I never knew exactly his story. And just really intriguing because, like I said, I mean, racism still prevalent in a lot of organizations, companies, I mean people use the word institutional racism mm-hmm. and I think that's very true in like companies and organizations like the uh, police departments and especially big cities because they're so tight knit and they won't tell on each other and here this man is maybe he went about it in the wrong ways right. but he didn't have any allies and he was definitely one against a few hundred or a few thousand and um, you know his story ended uh, very short in a, in, a, in a way that I'm sure he didn't want it to end but It's interesting because, you know, typically, like Sam Little, at least, and other people that I've done, they have a history of killing, or this was just kind of like a one-off scenario. He was pushed to the boiling point, like as I said, that teapot that you leave on, the lid's on, the water's boiling out, and eventually that lid's going to pop off if Mm -hmm. you don't turn down the heat, and and, uh, they never turn, or he never was able to turn down his internal heat.
0: Two questions. Mm -hmm. So, first question is a, uh, it's somewhat of a yes or no question, right, Noah? Yeah. So, do you... I'm not saying do you find what he did just, but do you believe in his theories? Like the fact that he he was kicked out because of his beliefs, because he believed that there was a lot of institutional racism, right? So do you believe that? I believe so. Uh,
1: I believe his claims only because, you know, I know that when people talk about the police departments and things like that, uh, like I said, it doesn't matter what city, but they're just so tight-knit and they'll lie for each other they'll, They have the union and the, the police department union is one of the strongest unions in, in the entire country So they're a very tight-knit family and if I think what Like I said, maybe he went about it in a wrong way, right, right? especially when you're a newbie You know, maybe you try and break in, make friends, kind of be that quote-unquote, you know, ideal minority citizen or whatever in this organization make friends, make allies, and maybe five years down the road, you try and do something to kind of, you know, better that company organization or whatever he felt like that was unjust. But like I said, the fact they try to do it right away, you know, people see that as a red flag. The L.A. Police Department is going to see that as a red flag. They're going to try and oust them whatever they can. And of course, the whole Teresa Evans, that was like an easy way after proving, after they were unable to prove that she really kicked that person Mm -hmm. in the San Pedro Hotel, you know, that he was able to easily kind of basically give him the boot at that time. And I don't think what he did was right. But I also think, you know, some, like I said, sometimes there are a lot of people who carry things internally. Mm-hmm. And he seems like he just did that. And he didn't, you know, I, I could see this, the point where you're so mad that you can't do anything about it legally. So you're like, shit, well, I got to take matters in my own hands.
0: All right. So this is where part two comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember the Capitol Storming? Yeah. I'm using that the same same right. way. I'm using that. I'm seeing it the same exact way. Mm-hmm. As a minority, it's hard to make your claim and people listen to you when you try to peaceful protest. People tend to just be like, "Oh, look at these thugs," right? Right. But when somebody of cut somebody white does the exact same thing, right? But they're usually like, "Oh." They didn't know what they were doing. They were yeah. dealing with this, they were in that. Like, how many school shooters that we had that were white and every time they try to justify what they did?
1: How many of them actually make it out alive? Almost every, all of them. Every single time. Yeah, unless they take their own life. Right. They're always getting, putting into handcuffs. Right.
0: So, I'm not, again, like you said, I'm not agreeing with the way he went about it, but maybe his claims were justified. Right? Maybe he he was Racial, racially profiled by the, by LAPD. LAPD is known for doing that. Like again, we we go back to Don King, nineteen ninety two. You know, they whooped his behind mm-hmm. for what because he was driving and he was black. Yeah, they beat him, and then those five cops were acquitted. Yeah, you know, maybe he didn't trust the justice system to fight for fair fairness because I mean, again, it was still an early time. Yeah, it was early enough. It was two thousand thirteen early 2000s it's mid 2000s
1: yeah, when he yeah. Was part so of the force.
0: it's just like it's still early enough to where like <laughs> institutional racism was not even something that was really talked about till like george floyd right you know people may really look through that lens till later in life mm-hmm. so he wouldn't have gotten a fair trial he wouldn't have gotten a fair deal he would they were just thrown him away and locked away the key he knew that that's why he took his own life yeah again not just the justifying what he what he did but in a lot of ways, it makes sense. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, like, if a white person did the exact same thing, they'd be like, oh, the army ruined him.
1: Yeah. Or they're trying to blame it on some sort of mental illness right. or, you know, whatever. And he,
0: he would just do time in the mental institute. Yeah. Not prison. And that's, that, that, that's where the conversation needs to start, right? They need to start, like, investigating, especially, like... FBI needs to step in. That's their job, is to investigate cops. Right. Internal Affairs is not going to do it. Cause the they, checks it's, and
1: balances, you right. know what I mean? I know we talk about that in school as far as like three branches, but it's the same thing like you said, the FBI, and there's other uh, organizations in place to investigate fairly departments like the LA Police Department, or right. any city's police department, you know?
0: Right. So... I say, like, this is where, like, anytime somebody makes a claim, whether it's against any kind of police institution, somebody from a different, somebody from a different branch needs to come out and investigate, right? And then see if those claims were falsified or not, and then determine whether a firing offense, mm-hmm. or suspension offense, a death duty, whatever the case may be. We wouldn't have gotten here if his claims were investigated. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's what he felt. He felt like he didn't get a, his fair shake. Right. Because if he got his fair shake, he wouldn't have gone around killing cops. Right. I mean, he wrote a freaking manifesto. He told everybody he was coming for that ass. Yeah. Like, he didn't just sugarcoat it. He said, I'm coming for y'all because y'all wronged me.
1: Yeah. And this was, like I said earlier, this was supposed to write his name. Right. Or write the wrongs so around his name. Well. It's tough. I, I think, you know, especially like, you know, we, we say in other episodes, we have an Instagram you know, what do you guys think, as listeners? How do you guys feel about Christopher Dorner? You know, some people glorify him a little bit as far as a cop killer. I think other people could see the other side of the coin too, and be like, oh, well, he was just, you know, he was just pouting, or he just didn't get his way, and so he was unhappy. You know, and, and things didn't work out for him. But it, it's a, it's, it's at least for us two, I think we could both see both sides of the coin, right? And we could see the right in his intentions, but also the wrong in his doings. So, it's a tough one. Discuss it with your friends, family. Discuss it with us if you want to. At A of Crime on Instagram. But, um, you know, I guess before we sign off, I did want to shout out uh, Ab Soul because the reason I heard about this case was uh, Ab Soul, the rapper, it was probably like 2015 or 16. He released a song that's not on like Spotify, but it's on YouTube if you want to look it up. Called Christopher Droner, not Dorner. So, it's spelled a little bit different mm-hmm. with the R and the O. But um he references him a few lines in that song and then you know just curiosity i you know looked up well, who was christopher dorner mm-hmm. and, and kind of caught a little bit at an earlier age and then always knew just a little bit about him but this is like the first deep dive i've ever done on him it's interesting because it's an interesting story For a rap- uh, from a
0: rapper's perspective mm-hmm.
1: and it's a local kid you know what i mean kid from orange county you know served in the military uh, you could say, quote, unquote, did things the right way, but, mm-hmm. you know, just had a, a bad instance that he's known for forever.
0: But, yeah, this story, this one was interesting. And it, it, there's no right or wrong answers to this one except your perspective. Yeah. Right. Because, like, you have to look at things at your own lens rather than, again, accepting what we tell you as gospel or what the police department is telling you as gospel and everybody else telling you as gospel. Right. You, you got to do your own thing and do your own research and see what who you believe see Mm -hmm. who you believe in the case um i believe he like we said we believe he went about it the wrong way but i I feel like he he, his claims were somewhat justified right but with that being said man no what you got for the folks
1: be sure to like be sure to subscribe be sure to follow the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on if you like us that much leave a rating and review spotify has that new rating feature and you know tell us about tell us about tell about us to your friends talk to us about <laughs> us whatever you know you know what i mean tell your friends about us tell them to listen to the podcast if they like crime podcasts we're on instagram at a sip of crime and yeah we'll catch you guys next time
0: yeah man y'all know the drill man wash your ankles wash your ass wash your hands wash your knees like noah said last episode eat your pineapples ladies yeah. summer's coming <laughs> summer's coming I did say that, huh? and and we bought to, it's about to be fun. Hey, I love sundresses, putting that out there. Sundress um, season. Sundress season, bro, on my mama. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, y'all be safe out there, man. Take care of yourselves. And if y'all like sports, watch the playoffs, man. Baseball started, NBA playoffs are on, and hockey playoffs are coming up. So keep your heads out on the swivel. Fun football, time, fun time. And just be safe out there, man. Peace. Go Celtics. Go Heat.